0: Adulthood. Hi, welcome to Camp Adulthood. I'm Shay Keats, also known as Camp Adulthood. And I'm Maddie Yergie, the resident youth, and I am joined by a very special guest. I'm so excited. <laughs> high school me is like dying inside from 2009. <laughs> I am joined by Matt Hyers. Thank What's you for up? being here.
1: It's good to be here. You saying high school you, it just, that makes me feel really old.
0: That's okay. <laughs> I actually don't know how old you are, which I'm sure we'll get into. Yeah. I assume you're a millennial. You have to
1: be. 32? Uh, that still counts, right?
0: Yes, that's...
1: That she totally counts. I'm
0: 33.
1: I okay. looked
2: it up on the internet because when I was, which sounds creepy, but I was like Googling you and I was like, no oh, <laughs> how old he is, and I was listening to your music and I was like, I know exactly how old you are just from, because I was like 23 year old me would have been like, and me now, and like, this is awesome. And it's totally, I'm like, did you come to my school and like play a set back in the day? Because it sounds so. It's possible. Weird. I did
1: play like, well, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't have been, you would have been too young, actually. There was one tour I did where like during the day. I would stop into high schools and that's play so a couple fun. songs.
3: Oh,
2: that's <laughs> awesome. Fun. That's fun. But no, it's it's wonderful. And I cannot wait to dig in and talk more about your music. So
3: yeah. it's
0: very
2: exciting.
0: Shay, would you like to lead us into your millennial moment of the week?
2: Yeah. So um, mine, you know, it's really interesting, I think, because we talk so much about millennial moments and they tend to be these things that are like, you know, we feel define our generation. But we sometimes, I think, forget about, the camp adulthood, quote unquote, aspect of it, which is really transhuman part, cross generational, and it's this whole thing where you know we're grown ups and we're doing really cool things and we're trying really hard and we're very successful, but then like you're just still an idiot and like sometimes you do things and you're like, am I apparently eight years old? Um, so my thing is yesterday morning I woke up and usually what I do is I pour myself a, self a cup of coffee and then like I kind of just want to smell it, but I don't want to <laughs> drink it yet. So I like put the almond milk in, put the coffee in, I put it on the counter and then I usually do some kind of chore. So I unload the dishwasher or um, get the dogs out and fed or whatever and then I go back to my coffee. So I go to do that and I pour my coffee and then I'm doing the dishes and then I turn around see the full cup of coffee on the counter. And I go, who left fucking full (laughs) pot of coffee on the counter? Dump it down the sink. And then I'm like, that's my coffee. (laughs) And now it's gone. (laughs) And I'm like the last person in the house to get the coffee. So I was like, please don't let that have been the last of it. And luckily there was just enough left in the pot for me to get my fix. So I was not a total, um, zombie all day yesterday when I was working but it was very it was just one of those moments where I was like I'm trying so hard to like be responsible and do dishes and help out and um do all this stuff and I just there goes the coffee down the sink um and the fact that I was I told my uh cousin that I stay with that I wasn't judging her for like leaving a full cup of coffee on the counter but I totally was like which one of these idiots left a full cup of coffee on the counter it was you (laughs) it was that's awesome so that's my camp adulthood moment for that's great. the
0: week, I love that. Nice. Um, Thanks. Mine is a little sentimental. I left work early a little bit to do this, which is great. But it was my one of my coworkers' last days there. Aww. And it's real. It's kind of two millennial moments in one because she, I interned at this company and she was like my first manager when I was an intern. So that's kind of sad. But she's like five months pregnant and she's moving a different company which I think is, like, really badass to have all of those things happening at once, but she's, like, going to work for, like, four more months, go on maternity leave, come back to her new company. So she didn't let the fact that she was pregnant deter her from leaving. So that's pretty great. And also telling of why I would like to leave. (laughs) But
1: great. Yeah. Oh, my gosh.
0: Do you have any millennial moments? So... uh, (laughs)
1: what do you mean exactly Mm. by by millennial great
0: question we should define it for you and all of our new listeners um so when shay and i first started this podcast we lived together and it's kind Mm -hmm. of twofold so shay kind of had a a trash bag moment as we call it so like camp adulthood is like you feel adult but sometimes you do these things that are considered maybe a little childish that you should that you should have gotten in front of at this point in your life and you're like, why did I do that? Or it's something that you think defines the millennial generation, whatever that means to you.
2: So, and defining the millennial generation tends to have a lot to do with um, kind of our digital consumption and that kind of thing.
1: Okay, I'm not sure if this exactly falls in line with all of that, but this thing popped into my head that was, so a, a few weeks back, my parents and my wife's parents were both in town. At the and same time. At the same time, yeah. <laughs> we had a. Um, so, side note: my wife is very pregnant right now.
3: <gasps> oh, congratulations! With our first kid. Oh yeah, thank you. Yay! Um, so came up Keep for a baby shower. Exclusive. <laughs> That's amazing. Wait, is this
2: our first um, dad that we've interviewed? <laughs> well, we interviewed my dad. Well, We're besides so your dad. So close to being yeah. a dad.
1: I'm oh like my gosh! On okay. the cusp of dadliness.
2: That's <laughs> awesome. Gosh. Well, we will have some questions for that during, okay. about that during the interview portion. Yeah, I think you're our
0: first millennial dad. For
1: okay. Yeah. So like anyways, them. the the parents were up because we had a baby shower going on. Um, but one night we went out to eat. We were going to this burger place um, in Nashville. I'm, I live in Nashville. And they um, it was pretty crowded. We figured like there was a safe, because sometimes you don't know like where to take your parents sometimes to eat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that it was really crowded and we didn't want to wait. So we ended up going to this Thai place that Rachel and I love that's really close. And uh, there was something, it was like, it was like Rachel and I were the babysitters or something, and they had never been to a restaurant before.
3: Oh Like no. asking all these
1: questions and asking the waitress all these questions, like basic stuff. Like I know it's a Thai restaurant, and you might not be used to going yeah. there, but I don't know. It was just um, it was. It You're felt like guys, like we be were
2: cool, be chill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so you know, it's, it's so funny, and I think Matt, you and I, as um, kind of older millennials have probably Mm -hmm. experienced this a little bit more than Maddie has. There comes this weird point and I'm lucky because my parents are both pretty like cool. And like my dad probably knows more about his iPhone than I know about mine. (laughs) But there's this point where you see your parents start to age and they start to, and for me, I've seen it more with my, um, my aunts and uncles who are a little bit older than my dad even. And it's a weird moment to be in, right? Like where suddenly you are taking on this, You've already transitioned from childhood to adolescence to adulthood with your parents, and you've mastered all of that. And now there's this whole new phase of the relationship and it. Yeah. You know, it's a little scary sometimes, um, but also exciting because it's fun to be there for you. Like, I love being able to give back to my parents when I can, you know?
1: Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I love my folks, and if my mom hears this, she'll probably be mad that I talked about that on a podcast. I
0: know. I feel <laughs> I'm a little...
2: But that shows that she's listening to a podcast.
0: (laughs) That's great. I love new listeners. That's awesome. Well, Um, Shay, I know you were prepping
2: uh, a campfire
0: topic before we started. So do you want to lead us off? Well,
2: yes, of course. And of course, and I hope I'm not like beating a dead horse with both of these things, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, And I think it's excellent. We have a male guest to get our opinion on this particular one. So first of all, I just wanted to say (laughs) I loved all of the Olympics, every moment of them. I didn't watch as much as I wanted. um, And women's curling came in eighth, so not last, which Mm -hmm. I was very excited about. I decided I was into curling this year and I wanted, because like the story of the team was very exciting. Um, So that was exciting. Good job, USA. Um, But I guess, you know, we've talked... Okay, now my computer doesn't want to bring the article up. What are you doing? <laughs> okay, Technology. well, I will just recite from memory then. Um so I wanted to talk a little bit about the Sean White sexual harassment scandal because wow. I think it's really Is
0: he a uh, sexual harasser? I did not know that. I'm behind
2: yeah, the- so it's I
1: am behind. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, there's an article I'll send uh that we'll post on the website from the Daily Beast that kind of talks about it. And I think they're There are a couple things that make it really interesting. So the gist of the story is: several years ago, he had this band, and there's a drummer who's female. The only was in a a band. band. Sorry, I know. Yeah, and um, she she's basically accused him of um, showing obscene and graphic images to her. So, but they were like memes and YouTube videos and that Mm. kind of thing, Um, and also like asking her to change her appearance for the band. And dressed provocatively. um, And then also there's some, you know, like, put his butt in her face and maybe, like, touched his junk and then waved his hands in front of her. Like, that's all (laughs) what she's accusing him of. This all just sounds
0: like teenage boy behavior. Well,
2: and this is the thing that made me, like, kind of stop for a minute. Because, I mean, obviously he's not a Harvey Weinstein and he's probably a step worse than Aziz Ansari. But... I was I was thinking about this because I, you know, I spent a lot of time with my 15-year-old cousin who's male, and he, like, gr- his greatest joy in life is finding the grossest <laughs> memes and, like, showing them to me. And <laughs> it's, you know, and I was um, talking to my boyfriend about this, and he was like, it's not, like, you don't need to worry about that. Like, this is what, like, gross boys do. Yeah. um So, and I hate, and it's not at all like a boys-will-be-boys boys mentality. It's more like young people, men or women are exploring this information that's available and they don't really know an appropriate way to share it. So, and again, I think Sean, there's, there's definitely some hinky pinky going on and I don't (laughs) love this because I think he, I mean, I've always liked that he was a cool dude and I don't like that, you know, NBC really steamrolled over this because all this came out way before the Olympics and he was still like the you know, the number one marketing tool for NBC. Yeah. But so I just, I think, I just, it really made me stop and think, and how are we going to tell our kids and, you know, young people that we come in contact with, like, you have to be careful because if you show something to the wrong person, um,
3: you yeah, know, who they could knows take it the what wrong way, could guess.
2: happen. Yeah, so anyway, I just wanted to get your thoughts and then maybe Matt again is someone who's been an adolescent male. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you give and
0: me also your in bands.
2: And
1: yeah, that was the thing in I was bands, thinking about. Yeah. Like I've been in bands. I've um even like playing solo. I've done a lot of tours with bands and stuff. And you get there's this level of closeness that you get um and also like I don't I don't know how how big they were like if they're out touring and stuff like that, but you when you're with the same people night after night doing the same thing, you get this um this closeness that's, like, it feels like your family, um, so I can see how, like, you're just screwing around, like, there's that aspect, some of the the aspect about, like, him wanting her to change how she dresses, that really sucks, um.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of crossover between, like, there's a blurred line between, like, workplace environment because I think about, Mm -hmm. like, what Shay said with, like, her cousin, like, yeah, like, my brother will show me stuff that, like, okay, if someone that I worked with showed me that, I would report it to HR, but if it's yeah. a brother and i think well, when you're in a band there might be that closeness there that like mm. it exactly kind of and that's kind of
2: sean's um defense and he's like i want to fight this in court because he says i felt like i showed these things and was joking around with a friend and now it's yeah. coming back um
0: yeah to i wonder if there's way. more to the story yeah. there, like with their relationship or their
2: mm-hmm.
0: like, yeah so the dynamic Mm -hmm. that they felt. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was
2: really interesting, but they like posted some of the text messages on the Daily Beast and it is kind of gross, but then it comes to my like third point, which I've said before and I will say again, I do not understand why we do not (laughs) teach our young woman to just be, to just say, fuck off. Like if somebody like Mm -hmm. shows me a disgusting picture, I'm going to be like, dude, no thanks. Yeah. And you just shut it down. And it sounds like this girl didn't shut it down and it's like at the end of the day this is not a high-powered job you're like playing in a band with sean white like whether or not you're if you're not in the band like your life they were i think you know they didn't really have any i don't think they were trying to hit it big time or well the anything, fact that so. i did not
0: know that sean white was in a band and he's like very yes. famous yeah clearly Exactly. Like, <laughs> i mean
2: so yeah i
0: agree i just
2: thought it was interesting and something to think about and. You know, again, we've talked a lot on this show about consuming and sharing media, and it's something to be aware of when we post things in Snapchat. I don't Snapchat, but if one does Snapchat, <laughs> when we
1: Snapchat, Snapchat things.
3: Snapchat? And- I,
1: I did Snapchat for a while. It was like two years ago. Like, all my friends around the same age, we were, I'm sure, late to the Snapchat party. Uh, <laughs> but we all picked it up and started doing it, and then the Instagram story thing started. Yeah. And at first I'm like, no, Instagram, you're just trying to like rip off Snapchat. I'm not going to use it. And then it was just too convenient. (laughs) Yeah, it's
2: all the same app.
0: It's (laughs) convenient. And that's why Snapchat last week, they lost like the stock lost 6%.
1: Okay. Because of that. Now, like everybody's moms and stuff are starting to get on Instagram. Yes. So that could be in Snapchat's favor if we kind of shift back to that.
2: Very true. Very true.
0: Yeah. Awesome. So, all right matt do you my hot topic is very short so if you have one if you don't or whatever you want to talk about on the mic before we start grilling you about your life oh
1: um (laughs) anything
0: related to the news or you know this is like when i'm I'm on tour i like i have no idea
1: what's going on yeah Yeah, i'm driving all day i just i mostly just listen to podcasts all Mm day um and i don't listen i should listen to some like um besides this one (laughs) um you made it weird the Pete Holmes oh, yeah. podcast Ooh. is, I Pete love, Holmes is Pete great. Holmes is awesome, and his podcast is great, especially for, like, long drives and stuff, because, like, the shortest episode is probably two hours mm-hmm. or so. They're so oh, cool. long. Sometimes I go over three hours, um, so it's cool just to be able to zone into it, and yeah. it kind of makes those long drives go by faster.
0: That's awesome. Very cool.
2: Awesome. That's good. Well, we always take podcast recommendations, okay. um, or any any media recommendations from anyone, mm-hmm. so. That's um great. Yeah. very into it.
0: So my millennial moment, I was both talking to someone about this and I also saw an article about it. So I was like, all right, I now have anecdotal evidence that this is like a real thing. Apparently, this is obviously something that people have known for a long time. Diamonds, if they're mined in Africa, are not a great situation. Mm -hmm. Blood diamonds. Blood diamonds, yes. Yes. People are aware of this. And... Even, like, the eco-friendly diamonds from Canada. There's been a lot of... I watched a Vice documentary on this that, like, sometimes it's a little blurry if they're actually mined in Canada or if they're brought in from Africa and, like, rebranded as eco-friendly and stuff. And so I think all of this press pertaining to diamonds and stuff, like, it's becoming more mainstream. And I had two people, my coworker, who just proposed to his girlfriend in Hawaii last week, And Corey, my boyfriend, they were both like, I won't buy a diamond. I will buy anything else. And also there are like better gems. And my friend Pomo was also there. And he was like, yeah, there are other clear gems that are better. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it's not something that I had really thought of. And then I read an article about how millennials are buying less diamonds. A, because a lot of them are too poor to afford them. (laughs) um, And B, because of this kind of socially conscious thing that's happening so I just wanted to get your guys's thoughts on that and Matt since you obviously proposed to your yeah. wife if this is something that came up or you know I'm not trying to like shit on people obviously diamonds are very I like them and I had a different opinion from Corey that before I was like educated on this but because I read the article that millennials are not only are they expensive and we can't afford them, but people mm-hmm. are making this conscious effort to either forego them altogether or get something different. I thought it was interesting.
1: Yeah. I don't know if I'm trying to remember when, like, cause this came onto my radar when blood diamond came out. Um, I forget if that was before, or after I got married or proposed, when did um, you get married? First? Of all? I got married. I've, I'll be married 10 years next month. Oh my
0: gosh. Congratulations. Oh my awesome. gosh. From
1: the South. That's we, um, amazing. get no, married. Young.
3: Well, I know you lock
0: it down early. I, I know since I followed you which is like about that time you've been married the whole
1: yeah time um, like, so current. when I proposed um, I use my my grandma's diamond mm, so I, I like didn't that. have to <laughs> I just bought a nice. setting. I didn't That's have to use funny. a blood diamond so I, I don't know if I did it just because like oh hey I could just have grandma's diamond and I have to buy one. well I'm sure there was some <laughs> or if I knew there. about yeah. the blood diamond thing yet at that point um, well
2: I mean, I, I think there's something really special about using an heirloom diamond, and I like it's kind of like with also if you're worrying about the ethics of it, it's it's like with furs, like you're not going to go out and buy a new fur coat, but if you buy a vintage one, you know, better than those like languishing, like yeah, yeah, closet. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's really interesting because like Shay, would you be still... upset
0: if you got proposed to with not a diamond? Me? I guess, yeah. Oh, I don't want a diamond. Oh, see, so, there you go. Yeah, but um,
2: this reminds me of several stories. Like, first of all, like, I mean, also, okay, first, let me, okay, let me backtrack a little <laughs> bit. Cut that, Maddie. Um, <laughs> I think there are just so many interesting things that are being done with jewelry that you can get a really special ring and a really precious stone and metal and it doesn't need to be a diamond and I want a pink stone and I think pink oh. diamonds are ugly. Hmm. I that know. is interesting. But the the thing that I think is really interesting um, is that there's, for all of this, millennials are buying less diamonds. There's a very specific and I think large sect of American young women who still want to, the diamond, and um, I remember the story because I was like shocked hearing it. A friend of mine, who she's now been married, I guess like five years or something. But when she got engaged, um, her now husband proposed with this gorgeous emerald ring, um, very much like Princess Kate's sapphire, like that whole. So- I mean, the Princess of freaking England does not have a diamond <laughs> ring.
3: That is true. Um,
2: so it was like an emerald with the smaller diamonds or whatever. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous piece. And um, she was telling me this story that she had shown it to some other mutual friends of ours. And they were like, it's something just like ridiculously rude. Like, oh, he couldn't afford a diamond. So, I mean, I was just like shocked that this even came up. And That's the whole terrible. idea that people, it was terrible. And uh, Maddie, I will tell you who these people are. Oh, I are, already like, know who is, it is. You know them. Okay. So you've heard this story, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I just remember being so shocked, especially because these girls did not have any type of romantic. Yeah, I was you know, gonna say the person partners. that said that
0: still doesn't have a boyfriend, so yeah, clearly she's so, a big you know, Nancy.
2: Get reap what you sow, but um, anyway. So I think it's really interesting, and I wonder, you know, like Maddie, I feel like you and I were like, oh, we're enlightened, you know, New Yorker, former New Yorker, liberal hippie weirdos. So like, of course, we're okay with not getting a yeah, diamond. But and I, and, I was educated on
0: it from yeah. Corey, and he's not like that at all. Like, yeah, he's from the South, like, past, so, like, he grew up in that, and he was conscious of it, so I don't, I think it's definitely part of the larger collective, but yeah. I get yeah. what you're saying. I think there is, some people have that expectation, and that's fine, like, Corey's sort not of, staring at me. He just came <laughs> in.
1: <laughs> sort of in the same, something I heard about recently um, that I was totally unaware of that's in the same sort of wheelhouse is there are similar, like um different minerals that are used in the making of cell phones oh, yeah. are, that are mined in Africa and stuff there are also like, like similar like shitty yeah. stuff that goes along with it with like warlords owning the mines and all that stuff and that's in all of our cell phones yeah that we
0: yeah it's a problem every day.
1: yeah i try it. so there's a lot of things this is where i'm on the might be on the um my age is showing my <laughs> elderly millennialism um <laughs> So I didn't, I had a, like, iPhone 6, whatever, um, and it got wet and ruined, and so I was going to buy a new phone, but now I have this knowledge, I'm like, shit, I don't want to buy an yeah. uh, iPhone now, so I, I went back, I bought a phone on eBay, and I'm pulling Ooh, nice. out my tiny phone right now, it's the 5S, Aww. which I actually, I, I kind of love, it's so little, I, I like fell in like love it. with yeah. it, because my thumb can reach everywhere on the screen. Yeah,
0: that's so nice. Yeah. I and that. as I'm saying Nostalgia that,
1: I'm, hey, I just sound like such an old man. <laughs> oh, I like
0: it. <laughs> Let's see you didn't go back to the flip phone. That is yeah. something yeah, that would have happened. Yeah, so. that would make you a really old man. But I think what's
2: interesting is we just need to try to support and try to be cognizant, especially with electronics. Like, when we're done with them, because they, you know, sadly don't last forever, yeah. there are organizations that will, you know, take them apart and recycle them. And, you know, again, it's just being aware of where you're, stuff comes from and is it coming from a company that uses recycled parts or not or right. you know how can you put pressure on apple or whatever to to use that kind of those kind of things and also yeah. because all of these minerals there's a limited quantity of them this is like yeah, with that's true. Know, gasoline and petroleum like we, we've only got so much of it so we need to figure out how to not use it right. um in my opinion but that's what do true. i know about science zero so <laughs> no that's very true um, but yeah, right. good
0: hot to- a good campfire topic, Maddie. I like it. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so switching gears, okay. focus on Matt <laughs> sitting up in his chair. Um, to begin, do you want to to just place yourself on the millennial spectrum? We know how old you are, and you live in Nashville now. But mm-hmm. if you want to kind of go through where you grew up and kind of what you're doing now, and yeah, I
1: grew up in I live pretty much all my life in Tampa, Florida. Um, And I was a pastor's kid, um, Mm. homeschooled from kindergarten through twelfth grade. Really? Yes. Wow.
0: That's amazing. I love that.
1: Um, Survived it, and started doing music. And um, I was in a band for a little while in Florida. We we just like toured around Central Florida. Nothing Mm. big. Um, But then I started doing the solo thing and got signed to a label. And have been making music like close to ten years now.
0: That's awesome. Oh wow. Very cool. Yeah. So, you say you survived the homeschooling. Why do you say. Well, because. That? <laughs>
1: <sighs> there is, there's like, an you, element of... Were you of... self
0: aware at the time to know, like, this is not.
1: Not necessarily. Maybe me, later on. Just, um, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. Like, I thought it was basically how my mom treated it. Do you have siblings, it. or was it just. I have just an older you? brother.
0: Okay.
1: Um, basically, how my mom treated it, it was, like, whatever we were interested in we would we got to learn about that she would sort of focus like our learning around that so that was really cool um there's also an element of like with most people in the homeschool community at least when i was younger um it's pretty like conservative christian and there's an element of like sheltering yeah like keeping us out of school so we don't learn about evolution and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so i'm that's where i'm saying i kind of survived yeah
0: (laughs) that's
2: interesting so are you—sorry, now I'm going to just, like, dig into the—all um, the super personal questions. You mm-hmm. can totally pass if you don't want to answer anything. <laughs> um, so you are talking about being raised kind of in a conservative Christian home. Is that—do you still practice, or what's—we had a really interesting conversation with a— um, He likes to be called a former Mormon uh, because he still has so much respect for his, yeah, foreman, uh, so much (laughs) respect for the church, although he is not no longer part of it. So um, I'm always interested in people's um, spiritual and religious journeys.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, especially over the past few years, I feel like I've moved on from a lot of the things, um, that were sort of handed to me as a kid, um.
0: Making more choices for yourself.
1: Yeah. I'm definitely still... I would align myself with Jesus, and I'm still a very, like, spiritual person. But um, especially after, like, the the Trump election and stuff, that helped to sever a lot of the last, like, sinews holding on to things that were probably unhealthy for me to hold on to. um, And I realized a lot of things... It was pretty... I mean, that was painful for me, because a lot of the people that I grew up with and who were like mentors to me um who are really like good people like person interpersonally Mm -hmm. like anyone they meet they would do anything for um Mm -hmm. but then there's some disconnect on a like political level yeah that um
0: I feel the same way I grew up in Michigan so it's a similar Mm -hmm. thing after the election I definitely saw some of that and continue to see it yeah now
1: but I mean it's it's been freeing in a lot of ways. So my last record I put out, it was called American Wilderness and it was out, pretty much, check it out. It. <laughs> it's pretty much all about like this stuff about, um, cause I, I wrote it during like a pretty, um, during a time when I was just like really deconstructing my faith and um, it was a hard album to write. Like I put a lot into it emotionally and tried to be as honest with that stuff as possible. Um, but yeah, it's about a lot of It's about the loss of, a certain kind of um, faith and like Christianity that I held on to, but also like parts of it are about moving on and finding, um, continuing to find beauty and to grow.
2: That's great. (laughs) So um, you mentioned that your lovely wife is going about to make you a dad, so how has that been and do you feel like how is that starting to influence your work and um, are you just like, oh my God, there's going to be a baby and diapers?
1: Yeah, well, I mean that's one of the reasons I'm I'm so I'm in the middle of a tour right now, um, and one of the reasons I kind of crammed a bunch of shows into this month is because I'll be home. This is for like a while.
0: your your <laughs> yeah. party. Yeah. This is like your <laughs> yeah, last rounds. We talked about bachelor parties on a previous oh. episode. And I think
1: we're gonna do that. I'm pretty sure. Oh my and God, we also I have love a, it. Um, <laughs> some of our best friends. Um, well, some of our best friends just had a baby. And then another best friend couple are about to adopt two kids. So we're That's sort awesome. of all um, entering this phase of life at the same time. So I think we're going to do like a collective dadgler party for all of us back in Nashville. That's awesome. Um, oh,
2: how fun.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I sort of forget the question because I went off.
2: No, it's good. Well, I just, you know, you talk about how your last album is this about this transition. Yeah. And I think we then tend to think about our, you know, I mean, I would imagine, I don't know personally, but when you are about to have a kid and bring, you know, a new person into this world, right. you kind of start to reevaluate all of that again. And yeah. I'm just interested in how about your current phase of life is influencing your music and your
1: work. I um, I actually, I haven't written much at all since I wrote the last record because it did yeah. kind of take a lot out of me. Um, but I'm getting back into it and I'm sure mm-hmm. that,
0: River James Hires that's
1: his name River James Hires will inspire a lot of cool stuff hopefully it's cool stuff and not like cheesy cheesy dad songs
3: (laughs) I have a friend um,
1: Stephen Kellogg who's an artist and songwriter um, and he like he kills the dad song thing really he has three or four kids I think they each have a song and all of them are incredible I cry I'm
0: such a sucker like when I go to weddings and there are always those like country songs where Mm -hmm. it's like a dad wrote it for his (laughs) daughter like I full on like ugly cry every time it's great. Do
3: You know who
1: um Brandy Carlisle is? Yes. So she just put out a new record that's amazing. Um and she has a song on there called The Mother. And even though it's about like her being a mother and having a daughter who she adopted, like none of those things are what I'm doing, but it's yeah. still still like the parenthood thing. Yeah. Listening to that song makes me cry. Oh,
0: that's awesome. Aww. that's so great. Yeah. That's awesome. How has been how you know, you're on this kind of not last hurrah. I don't want to say that, but like mm-hmm. you're trying to cram in all these shows. I know I'm assuming you moved to Nashville for the music or was it just kind of to get out of Tampa? It was
1: there were several elements. It was part of it was just to uh, move somewhere new for a change. Um part of it was music and part of it was my wife got a better job up there. That's awesome. Um what does she do? She does commercial property management. Oh, nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. she sort of like fell Very into cool. it. She used to be a teacher. That's um, great. No. But yeah, and we just ended up having more friends in Nashville than we did in Tampa. A bunch of our friends from Florida had moved up there, and I had a bunch of friends from Denver that moved there and Texas and stuff. So yeah. we have such a, like, solid group awesome. of people there. It's It's been That's great. It's great. I've yeah. never
0: been. I want to go. So
1: It's the awesome. um, fun fact. Nashville is the bachelorette party capital of the U.S.
0: <gasps> oh, I believe <laughs> Can that. Can you tell? So like- you see
1: a lot of... Um, groups of That's women walking around. That's weird that it's around. Bachelorette, but not bachelor. Yeah, I think bachelor party capital is Vegas.
0: Yeah, but um, I wonder why true. women go to
3: Nashville Yeah, I don't, I don't
1: know. It's interesting. There's a lot of like groups of women with the um the um like weaved basket weave cowboy hat kind of thing. Oh,
3: you know what yes. What is like a word? The There's a word veil? for that that I'm just
1: blanking on. Um I don't
0: oh, know.
1: Like the basket just weave. the like cowboy woven hat. cowboy hat yeah hats. yeah, <laughs> yeah it's
2: that's awesome they oh think that's what country music people wear yeah. i guess and probably a lot of cheap cowboy boots i would imagine yeah do you definitely. play shows
0: in nashville and you see a lot of bachelorette parties or
2: no i like mean the places out, i usually play
1: aren't they're not on like the main kind of drag mm-hmm. so nashville mm-hmm. has there's a famous street called broadway where all the old honky tonks are and every single one of them they're there's music going like constantly and it's usually like people covering pop country songs and stuff like that mm-hmm. there's a couple cool spots where they play like old country and there's yes. a place called robert's western world nobody plays anything written after the 60s i think oh, oh wow and you can get a pbr uh <laughs> amazing fried bologna sandwich <gasps> and i think a bag of chips for five bucks
0: dude that's <laughs> amazing my i love it broke new york self loves it yeah. um yeah. that's amazing you talked oh go ahead okay um you talked a little bit about the writing process for American Wilderness Mm -hmm. which has been do you have a favorite album yeah American Wilderness is definitely my
1: favorite it was um so I was on a label for six years and put out two full-length records Mm -hmm. with them and I, I I love those songs I just have a different relationship to them um they're not quite as personal, most of them. There is one song at the end of my obnoxiously long-titled album um, called "This oh, World yeah, will yeah. Last Forever," but tonight it's we great. can pretend. Uh, but there's yeah. a song at the end of that that is—it's extremely autobiographical—and I like that one a lot too. Um, but I definitely did more like co-writing and stuff when I was with the label, mm-hmm. um, and it's hard to, especially. I can be kind of—it um, takes can take a while for me to like open up. Mm-hmm. Um, with people and so if you're like just meeting somebody in a room and are like hey let's write a song yeah, um, it's hard. don't end up like digging super deep a lot of times um so yeah the and with the newer album I I wanted to write something like that was the most honest thing I'd written I wanted to write something that was like um the songs were kind of scary to sing at times like they make me nervous just because of like the content and saying some of the things I say like with people in front of me. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I I sort of succeeded, but it makes playing shows more exciting.
0: Yeah, (laughs) it does. I think that's part of the reason why I love your music. I think every album has been different, and Mm -hmm. I think that's great. I think the genre might be similar, but the content is very different.
1: Yeah, I always... Like, my favorite bands are like that. Bands that, like, each album it's like a step in a new direction or something like that. Not too much, but, you know, just growing.
0: That's awesome.
2: awesome. So I think you just brought up a really interesting point and it's something that I've been just personally thinking about a little bit. You know, we've interviewed a lot of creative people and, you know, Maddie and I certainly are putting ourselves, I mean, not as much as, you know you with your music but out there in the world with this podcast um so how is that process for you when you're writing about something that's deeply personal and you know that your wife and your mom and your grandma's accountant are all going (laughs) to listen to it um how how is that process for you and do you feel like you ever have to censor yourself or is the process of songwriting itself just you know so long that by the time you have a final product it doesn't feel as raw
3: um, I
1: definitely over the years have tried to censor myself less and less because I do, um, maybe less so writing the last record. But I, when I'm writing a song, I'm constantly thinking like, all those people you mentioned, like, what's my mom gonna <laughs> think of this? What's my yeah. dad? And my wife? Um, I mean, I know we. So I'm trying just to get those voices out of my head as I'm writing and just write, um, write what I want to say and something that says something meaningful, hopefully. Um, and that can be, I mean, it's still hard. I'm, I'm still growing in that, I think, but I think I'm moving in the right direction.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Have you ever That's written awesome. something, you don't have to go into specifics, but have you ever written something about or like to someone and they came back and they were like, Hey, wait a minute. Did so the very, have a conversation first, about
1: the very first time I ever performed like an actual show in front of people, I had written this song about, there was this girl that I knew from when I was super young and had a crush on her for the longest time, finally, when I was 17, um, we dated for it, <laughs> but it was only like a month and she broke up with me. Um, but I wrote a song about it that wasn't the nicest but song. Was she as great as you wasn't.
0: anticipated her being? Um, or not
1: really? I mean, at the time I thought so, like looking back. But now it, you're like, yeah, nah, yeah. it's fine. Um, yeah. But I wrote this song that was probably a little mean <laughs> and her parents showed up to the show oh, and they were no. pissed because <laughs> <like, laughs> it wasn't like subtle enough to, um, oh to slide God. under the radar. That's amazing. Was, yeah.
0: That's really funny. Oh my God. <laughs> I love that. That's great. Well, that's great.
2: Oh, uh, um, okay. I feel like I had more questions and now my,
0: I have way more questions. Okay. Has... Go, keep going. I'm looking at my um, Has, Obviously you've traveled a lot. Mm-hmm. Has there been a place or a show that sticks out in your mind of like because I'd imagine I mean even just today, like driving the road life is so grilling like I've talked to some of my friends that are stand-up comics, and it's a yeah. similar
1: I definitely life. I can feel like especially now that I'm a w- weekend, you get like this road weariness, yeah, um, especially touring by yourself too, because yeah like when I tour with the band, we all switch driving and can sleep and stuff like that. Um. But yeah, I mean, as far as favorite places, I got to tour China like two years That's ago, cool. two weeks in China. Oh, cool! Um, I've.
0: How does one go about like? Fi- how did you know like where to go and like what to do? There was
1: this um, this company that brings not just American artists but artists from different countries over to um, to and like books tours for them and That's stuff. Awesome. And they reached out to my booking agent, and it kind of worked out. They people over there knew my songs. For, I mean, they weren't like big shows. They were like. Yeah. 100 to 200 kind of um crowds That's but so
0: great. That's people awesome. knew my
1: songs from Grey's Anatomy because i <gasps> yes! had like four oh songs Grey's
0: Anatomy. Oh, <laughs> I so remember people would sing along Anatomy. to all those oh my god you're bringing back so many memories for me because I remember when I was in high school the first show I saw you at was this is going to sound so dorky but it's great <sighs> because this is how we've come together in this moment but Jason Castro from American mm-hmm. Idol opened for you, yeah, and I was obsessed with him. Okay, and I went to see him open for you.
1: Was I in Michigan?
0: Yes, okay. at the Ark in Ann Arbor, which yeah. is a great venue. It's an awesome place. Um, and I remember like a couple weeks after that, I was watching Grey's Anatomy, and one of your songs was on. Mm-hmm. and I felt so cool, like I had discovered something like <laughs> so underground. Like this guy yeah. that I just saw has been on Grey's Anatomy. So, anyways,
2: I I've, felt cool.
1: I've had four songs on Grey's Anatomy. So I've seen four episodes of Grey's Anatomy.
2: <laughs> now I'm going to later ask you to tell me which four songs they are, and then I'm going to watch those episodes. Because... Okay, I, don't, I
1: probably couldn't tell you the exact episodes. I know you the seasons Google they it were in. It. Yeah, yeah, you could probably could. Oh, perfect. Yeah. perfect. I'll um, Google that's it. Awesome. Also, I, I the most like bizarre thing. It still feels like it was a weird dream or something. But the most bizarre show I ended up playing was. <laughs> My manager here got an email or a phone call or something from um, somebody who's like putting together this event. There was a birthday party <laughs> for the Prince of Brunei.
3: Which I don't is know, a tiny Brunei little
1: is. country <laughs> on that's a part of one of the either like Malaysian or Indonesian islands. Mm-hmm. It's like a little part of one, extremely like oil rich and stuff. But he was having this party outside of London and he had heard myself. Sa- I didn't find this out until I talked to him there. Um, but he had heard one of my songs from the TV show Cougar Town.
0: Oh, great. Oh, wow. <laughs> Courtney Cox. That's amazing.
1: Um, and he wanted me to come play at his party and <laughs> it was, I played two songs. He flew like my wife and I and my manager and oh my God, his wife so out. And I only had to play two songs, <laughs> opened up for Bruno Mars. Oh,
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and like Pamela Anderson was the host. <laughs> and oh, there were so God. like, You're I'm like, trying to think there what were like celebrities there and stuff i <laughs> met um whitney houston this was like a few oh months god. before she died um, <gasps> oh, it was god. the most bizarre what did she
0: look like did she look a little off she, yeah, not to get she too did. morbid no but... she didn't look great yeah yeah oh, oh my god, god. <gasps> yeah. that is crazy so, that is like so, so surreal yeah i was had,
1: there was like private air shows there were like. It's kind of so, I has think, so much money, Hot air balloon rides and stuff. I, know, I didn't d- get to do that. I had to like sound check when a bunch of activity stuff was going on.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. That's crazy. I didn't
1: really like Bruno Mars before that, but he puts on an amazing show. Yeah, it's like what so if, much fun.
0: Um, my friends, so I really want to get mm-hmm. him on the podcast, but he um, is one of the videographers for Bruno Mars. Oh, and cool. they've been on a tour for like two and a half years, like yeah. a world tour. And i think hard. they're in hawaii now yeah. right now but um yeah he said it's a great tour and he puts on a great show he was on the madonna tour before that okay and he was like it was a great show she puts on a great show but like she it's not super nice but like bruno it's a nice like family atmosphere
1: yeah i like backstage they were like him and his band were just like goofing around harmonizing and singing like the best shit you've ever heard yeah it was amazing
0: that's great oh wow Wow, I did not realize my question was going to get such a an answer. was <laughs> awesome. a really phenomenal answer. Um,
2: so, Matt, I was wondering. So, we've talked we've talked a lot on the show to people who are Maddie's age and they're right out of college or whatever, and they're kind of on the beginning of their creative journey. And yep. you know, they're very much like everyone thinks I'm crazy to think I can do this and make money or whatever. <laughs> so here you are. You're ten years in. You're making a living at doing this um so i'd love to um you know hear kind of about how that was for you and when you made this decision to be like this is what i'm going to do and this is my career Mm -hmm. um what that was like and how you feel now that you're a decade into it
1: yeah so i i'm trying to think after high school i um i went to community college just for like three semesters um because and i stopped because i felt like I wanted to try to give music a shot. And I mean, my parents were, they were mostly supportive. I did (laughs) have to start like paying, they paid my rent um, when I was in school. And so I had to start paying my own rent and stuff like that. Um, But I'm trying to think from that point, I played in a band for about a year and a half or so. Then we kicked out our bassist and then (laughs) we... We dissolved the band, and then I started doing solo stuff and had a couple songs up on MySpace.
2: Ooh, turn away Very exciting.
1: And I Very basically... millennial. Like, I got signed to Atlantic Records because, like, somebody at... I'm not even sure who it was. Somebody over there just randomly heard one of my songs on MySpace. Um, Honey, Let Me Sing You a Song, and really liked it. And it was the... I forget if it was the day after or the week after I proposed to my wife. I got the call from somebody at Atlantic. I didn't believe it was legit at first, but (laughs) I I think they messaged me on MySpace. That's what it was. And I was like, what? No, this isn't real. But I'll call the number just in case. And it was Atlantic. And, um, yeah, I ended up, then I ended up signing with them like two weeks after we got married. So it was, yeah, it was amazing. It's been it's definitely hard to like have two significant life changes like that happen at the same time, especially, um, like when I start touring, um, being newly married and stuff. That was, there were definitely some, some difficult times and things we had distance, to get through. Yeah. yeah. Um, getting a dog really helped.
3: Oh. <laughs> just, I mean, just
1: having like, cause I, probably like two months ago, um, my wife Rachel took the dog to go visit her parents for a little bit. And I realized like it clicked then how lonely the house is when you're there by Aww. yourself. And I was just, just sitting there mm-hmm. thinking like, Oh, I feel so bad for doing this to her. Like what right after we dog got do you here. Have? Um, Oh, we have a Labradoodle. Oh, nice. Um, Aww. so I think just Very having like somebody who's excited that you're home, it, yeah. it really helps a lot. And, um, so things were a little easier after we got the dog. Um, But yeah, I I was on the label for six years and then I've been doing the independent thing for the past four now. Um,
0: More fun. Now you get to do house shows. I know.
1: I really, yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So what is this?
2: um, I'd love to hear about how you kind of concepted. Is that a word? Um, You know, conceived is (laughs) the word I'm looking for. (laughs) (laughs) This whole idea of doing the house tour, the house shows and and what that looks like and and how that's been. And, And who are these fans like Maddie, whose homes you're playing in?
1: So I basically book these tours by just like putting out on social media, like, hey, if any, I'm looking to tour in these areas, if anybody wants to host, just send me a message or something. Um, so most of the time I'm playing in strangers' homes, like people who have just met. Last night, I played at a couple's home who had played there before. Um, but it's sort of, I started it when I first became, was independent in 14, um, And I'd heard there's an artist I listened to named David Bazan, and he had started doing it, and it was starting to catch on um, with some other artists too. I figured I'd give it a shot, and so that the first tour I did, it was like me and two friends, and we would do like a a writers round style. Do you know what that is? It's pretty popular in Nashville. I'm not sure. I think no. it's just like a national thing. Like where you thing.
0: play a couple songs and you Yeah, play? every,
1: we like, the three of us would sit up front and we just go back and forth. Oh, that's cool. songs. That's awesome. Um, I think it's good for, we would do that for like two and a half hours or something. I think it helps people to be able to listen longer when it's not just one person or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it's been a lot of fun. You, it's, it's an adventure every night. Um it's like a different vibe every night of people (laughs) yeah I I like it when I'm touring solo because if I do a solo venue tour I'm just I get so lonely (laughs) just like being by myself in in the car and then by yourself in the green room you play a show maybe talk to some people after that but that's like your only interaction with other people um so at least with house shows I get to hang out with folks every night which is fun yeah
2: totally awesome how many people do you guys have coming tonight I don't know
1: we don't really know. So this time I was trying something new. Like before, I would do I would ticket it online. Um, mm-hmm. This time it's just pretty much like, hey, come out to the show and then pay what you want at the show. Yeah. Where can uh-huh. people awesome.
0: find the shows on your website?
1: On yeah, they're on my website um, and Facebook and Bands in Town and all that Fun. stuff. I have like two and a half weeks left of the the tour, but um, hopefully, hope the, the New York was the one I was worried about. Just because most of the houses I'm playing, like Are actual gonna... houses, and well, yeah, and they're... I'm playing in cities where like I'm not gonna have to turn people away or something. Like, right, to like, right. make room. Um, so hope we'll see what happens tonight. Yeah. <laughs> we might just oh have to, God, like, if too many people here get here, it. just put like a sign on the door, like, at capacity. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I mean, there's um, an or there could be
1: five people. I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, she now, was at my birthday like... party, and we fit like thirty people in here, so. Oh yeah, in your
2: apartment there, yeah. and in my apartment, which was smaller than yours, we I fit like fifty people for a party yeah. once, so you'll be fine. <laughs>
1: um, and the fun thing about house shows is, if five people just showed up, um, a I'll still make some money. Yeah. Um, and it's it's still fun. Like in if I'd done it at um, a venue, I wouldn't make any money. Right. And it would probably feel really weird. For like five yeah. people to just be alone in there like yeah. sometimes i can feel awkward for the for them, for them. Yeah. Um, and it's not usually awkward if it's a no. if you're in i definitely
0: know personally more than five people that are coming <laughs> <Okay>. by, so <laughs> that won't be a problem and i'm also making pizza rolls which i'm really excited yes. about oh my
2: so. god pizza rolls are the best i really like um, food so maddie did you like warn your neighbors that you were having a concert in your no, home no
0: i told them you're... so if they want to come i was oh, like cool. come over um <laughs> awesome but we're yeah, starting early show. enough
1: too it's so. a yeah, I won't be playing that late. It's so it be...
0: and it's not like death metal or anything weird. Yeah. Um, um, but no, that's great. I love the house show idea. I've never been to one. and Now I'm hosting one, yeah. but I've I love you know smaller, more intimate venues in New York and.
1: Yeah, I think most people that come out have never been to a house show, which is cool because they're yeah. experiencing it for the first time, and it kind of puts the idea on their radar. So but, like it's be not more like open. a weird thing. Yeah, yeah, they'll be more open to. It's very cool to going to cool. house shows when they come through town.
0: That's very awesome.
2: Um, so Maddie, um, it, can, is this the part where I can bully him to play us some music? Oh my god, <laughs> I knew she was going to do that. I <laughs> mean, Sorry, you can I ask. really like to embarrass Maddie when we have creative people on by being like, do your bit. Um, <laughs> the the stand-ups. I, I, I mean, my okay. guitar's
1: here. I can do it.
2: I would love to hear you sing and play a little for us if okay. you guys don't mind. Yeah. Go to town.
1: What song should I play?
2: Do you have a Well, I want to hear your favorite. Yeah. Or Maddie's
0: favorite, yeah. I should play your favorite. If we're going to bully him into playing, it should be his favorite. <laughs> yeah, that's true.
2: Your I mean, favorite it's hard song. My
1: favorite. Um, should I play something from the new record or an older song? I could do like A to B. I could do Fighting Ghost. I could do. A to B is good. What? They're all good. I mean, I, <laughs> a to I'm B. such a fan. I
0: like A to B. It's a classic. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'll put this one out probably like. 2010, 2011, yeah. something like that. Cool. Yeah, I'm actually gonna play it with the um. Yeah. It turns off. That's, That's fine. fine. All right, here we go. This one is called A to B, and it's um, it's a song kind of about living and dying. Oh.
3: Darling, nothing ever goes how you planned it I guess I've been here long enough to see that time can be your dearest friend or time can be abandoned and tomorrow changes in the history and oh my my honey everybody dies but you got, you got to see that you can live your life walking a straight line but it's more than just a to me and maybe it'll find you lying peaceful under blankets a bleeding at the bottom of the stairs oh but it's not when or how you go it's life and what you make it it's the traveling not the road that gets you there oh my my honey after But you've got you've got to see that you can live your life walking in a straight line, but it's more than just a like some slow and steady thunder I'll say my last goodbyes and walk away I'll step into the river let the current pull me under and just fall into that infinite embrace and oh my, my, honey, everybody dies but you've got, you've got to see Yeah, you can live your life walking in a straight line, but it's more than just a to me. And oh my my, honey, everybody dies, but you've got you've got to see. Yeah, you can live your life walking in a straight line, but it's more than just a. That's more than just a to B. Yay!
2: Yay. That's You're so great. You. I love it. Of course, I told my co-host, I was like, no, I don't want to come in. Uh, I've never seen anyone that, in there. Sorry, no, it's that. okay. I'm sorry. I think I started knocking is in
1: the... Oh, you're fine. I thought maybe she has... I'm sorry, babe. I to <laughs> Thank
0: you. is getting kicked out of her podcast. I yeah. know well that was
2: a good performance amazing what i heard I yes heard <laughs> thank you <laughs> half i really liked it um anyway i don't want to interrupt if you guys were in the middle of oh no no we were just chatting
0: about apparently matt is playing at a college dorm
3: Ooh. tomorrow night yeah <laughs> so that's we'll see very how that goes.
0: exciting
1: yeah
0: um but yeah if shay if you don't have any more questions we can go into our rapid fire um, unless there's any other things you were I, itching to ask I think there.
2: Were, I had one other question and now awesome. I can't remember it because I was disrupted by that person so, <laughs> we um, hate them <laughs> I don't know I think I'm oh this is what I wanted to ask can you we didn't uh, um, when I first very inarticulately started talking about you and why 23 year old me would have been like so obsessed with your music it was because it's. Sa- I'm just curious it sounds so much um, like, you know, those bands that were really kind of popular in the uh, late 90s and early aughts, yeah. you know, like OAR, and I'm thinking kind of along that line. So I'm wondering, who are your influences? And, it's funny you mentioned um, OAR.
1: I've, played, I've opened up some shows for them. Oh, really? I opened up a They're ton fun. of shows for um, Matchbox 20
3: back oh. in 2013.
1: Yeah, mm, yeah. 90s fan. I didn't even know they were still <clears throat> touring. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, some of my influences... I don't some of my I don't know how much I'm influenced by these artists. My favorite artists, like older artists would be um Bob Dylan and Tom Petty um in the band um newer artists I really love The National and Wilco's been a favorite yeah. for a while and Ryan Adams. Um who else? There's this this album I have that just came out last year that I've been I've like just been playing it non-stop it's incredible it's by this australian band called gang of youths and um the album's called oh, go cool. farther in lightness it's very really, cool. really good
0: that's awesome but, i love
2: know, that yeah. yeah we love a good recommendation too cool. so we will yeah,
1: yeah the Brandi about... carlisle record and the gang of youths record both of those are awesome, awesome.
2: that's very okay. really cool well rapid fire it is yes our, our right. archery range as we call I it know. we really <laughs> dropped the theme on this episode no, for some I, reason yeah
1: I, I, so I listened to two episodes on the way here In the early one, you were calling it 20 questions, right? That was yes. before we <laughs> okay. rebranded. Really okay. evolved.
3: <laughs> I know. So
0: awesome. Uh, Maddie, you want to kick it off? Yes. So don't think about it too much. Okay. Answer off the top of your head. Favorite movie?
1: Um, Arrival. Mm.
0: Ooh,
2: you I know, did like... like that one. That yeah. was good.
0: Um, favorite
2: childhood snack? <sighs>
1: Um, Like, sour gummy worms, probably. Mm -hmm. I was a real, like, I had a pretty strong sugar tooth. Is that what you call it?
0: Yeah. Sugar addiction. (laughs) We always like asking this question, and I am especially curious, since you were homeschooled, what's your favorite year in elementary school?
1: Uh, Gosh, probably... I don't know. It all was sort of the same (laughs) for me. Um, Maybe... I know, because everyone,
0: sometimes people are like, oh, I had a good teacher, but...
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was... It's good times. It was all sort
0: of the same. Yeah. All of elementary school. 10 out of 10. That's great. Shay, your turn. Um, Sorry.
2: I'm distracted by my thoughts. Uh, Favorite. (laughs) um, Well, favorite band. Well, we already talked about favorite band. So favorite Mm. book.
1: Favorite book. um, Can I do fiction and nonfiction? Sure. Totally. Fiction would be East of Eden. Mm. um, Mm. John Steinbeck. And nonfiction... It's a book I read fairly recently called Falling Upward mm. by this dude oh. who's like a, he's a Franciscan friar, I
3: think is what you would call it, a friar,
1: um, <laughs> but he's like a spiritual teacher kind of dude, but it's its awesome. I think anybody, I don't think you have to be like a Franciscan to get into it. <laughs> Very awesome. I
2: like it.
0: Favorite television show?
1: Ah. Uh, Rick and Morty? <laughs>
0: oh, yes. Rick and Morty. Yeah, I mean, Breaking Bad.
1: Breaking Bad is one of my yeah. favorites of all time, too. That's a
0: classic. Yeah. Rick and Morty is amazing. I love it. I love it. And I'm sad it's not going to come back until 2019, probably. That's very sad. Um, that's great. Shay, you're up. Um, favorite animal? Ooh.
1: My dog, Luke Skywalker, Hires. That's...
0: Aww. <laughs> How did you feel about the last well, Star Wars movie?
1: I liked it. I liked it. It definitely you- had a different feel, which a lot of people... Weren't into that, but I had a good time. I was entertained. I liked it. Yeah.
0: The porgs. I like them. <laughs> People are hating on them and I like them. That's great. That's all the questions I have. Shay, do you have any last um, ones? Well, I feel like we answered a lot of these questions
2: in our interview. You would usually ask, you know, favorite place that you've traveled, but yeah. I guess favorite place that you've traveled that wasn't on tour.
1: Yeah. Um, Florence, Italy. Ooh, nice. Oh, nice. Last cool. year, we we went, we took like a friend vacation. Um, Love it With like two other couple friends And because we had found this deal This like Groupon travel deal That was Do y'all ever look at those? I did that to the Dominican Republic Was it good for you? It was good Okay We've done My wife and I have done three And they've been amazing Like this one was $600 It covered (laughs) It was Milan and Florence It covered airfare, hotel And rental car So yeah That was pretty incredible So one of our friends went And it was was a really good time
0: That's
2: amazing Oh cool Love that um. Yeah, I think those are. That's enough for rapid fire archery for yeah, today. I so you dodged all the
0: arrows. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, where Excellent. can people find you on social media and your website and stuff? Yeah. Uh, social media is
1: just Matt Hires on everything, and my website is MattHires.com. Um, I'm on iTunes, Spotify, pretty much anywhere you can find music. I'm putting it out. I think when I get back home from this tour, I'm gonna. Ha- get american wilderness press to vinyl and put that out Cool, yeah mostly just because i really want it for myself (laughs) (laughs) yeah um no
2: reason not to
1: yeah and i think i could i think i could sell enough to at least break even so yeah i will buy one (laughs) yeah
0: that's great awesome Um, cool thank you so much for being here thank you guys this is fun thank you matt yeah Thanks for listening. Camp Adulthood is hosted by Maddie Yerge, Resident Youth, and Shay Keats, Camp Adulthood. We are produced by Jenny Mayfield, and this episode was recorded in Maddie's living room. You can find us on social media at camp underscore adulthood. You can email us hello at campadulthood.com, and you can visit us at campadulthood.com. Please also find on our website, there are links to our Patreon page, where you can be a subscriber, and there are many cool prizes. Thanks, campers! We hope that you enjoy your stay at Camp Adulthood.